What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I'm Ronan Gain, and joining me, as always, is my boy from Boston, Christian Nambu. Thank you very much for making Coast to Coast your first choice for NBA coverage. And remember, we are free and available on all platforms, and you can also watch every episode in full over on our YouTube channel, along with all of our best hot takes. Just search Coast to Coast NBA Podcast. We got an exciting pod today. We're talking two teams that did very well considering the health of their team last year. And now it looks like they're going to have a healthy team this year. And it's going to be a big year for both the Los Angeles Clippers and the Denver Nuggets. What do you think, Chris? Well, I don't, I say we just cut to the chase and we ask this question is, or not even is, is why are the Clippers not the team to beat in the West? Who is the team if not them? I think it's a pretty easy answer for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only the only thing you say is just the fact that the Warriors are the champions and they should get better. Although, what's happening with uh, Draymond and Poole at the moment is a bit of a, a bit of a <laughs> strange we, situation. But uh, do we go off schedule and at least talk about that for a couple of minutes here? Do we at least address it? Address it because okay. that video came yeah, out yeah. this morning. The video is crazy. <laughs> like, where who how would that video come to be? Like, who got managed to get their hands on that? That was just insane. It doesn't look good. The video really doesn't look good because that was a, that was <laughs> Yo, a, he slept that was a hell of a punch. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was picturing like maybe a shove, like kind of a, you know, like hands to the face type deal. But that was just like closed fist, like knockout blow. But I don't know. Is it is it something or is it nothing? It's two months from now. Are we going to care about it? I guess that's uh, what uh, Jordan Poole wants to, uh, <laughs> wants to uh, view it as. I guess... Uh, He's probably the guy who could make it into more something more than it is. Like I saw someone say today, it's like this is the first time that, that like this situation's probably happened a million times in basketball courts, and we just haven't seen it. This is the first time we've seen a video. So being that the, being the modern world that we live in, that could that could take this to another level that we haven't seen before. But you have to think for the the if if the two guys can put it behind them and just move forward. That'd be obviously the best thing for the Warriors. If not, we'll probably, I guess we'll see a, a, a fine and some sort of small suspension for Draymond. Yeah. I mean, that that's all. I think they're, they're going to have to do that, but it just, I can't help but think, and even the, though completely different player, completely different situation, but you know, that whole uh, divide that was growing between Draymond and Durant near the end of his tenure there, and then now this happens, like, I, I I don't know. I don't want to make a big deal out of it just because you're right. And I, I agree that these things have definitely happened before. But I think there is probably something to be said for someone like Poole who's trying to, you know, th- this is more for me something about Poole. Is he trying to be the guy on the team? Has, has, some, has something shifted in his mentality that he wants to? Or maybe Draymond is just, you know what why are we blaming the victim here like <laughs> like jordan pool gets punched in the face and then some people are like well maybe maybe he deserved it <laughs> at the end of the, i honestly don't think it's going to be a thing like a few months from now no one will talk about it because the warriors are going to be good and like even if they're bad it's not going to be like oh man if draymond never punched jordan pool in the face like something would have catastrophically went bad if this is a discussion later on but i mean if if the, the thing probably just comes down to pool if he wants to stay there. Like, I don't know. Is this a gut punch for a guy who's, you know, considering himself like a rising star? Like, 
no pun intended. Uh, it's a face punch. I don't know. This is just not a good look for a guy who's probably trying to become more of a, a not just like a little brother on the scene, but a true, you know, contributor to a championship team. Yeah, yeah. I'd say he's trying to like obviously we know the the younger guys that are within the the Warriors team are gonna are gonna come in this year. The likes of uh, Wiseman and Moody and Kaminga. And I guess Pills, Pills probably a kind of guys like I don't want to get lumped in with those guys. I want to be talked about in discussions with the likes of Draymond and Clay and Curry. So you wonder if that sort of element or that sort of mentality had a had anything to do with it. Yeah, that, that changes things for sure. But yeah, that that's that was a segue that had to be addressed. And and I mean, in, in other news this week, we we have to just tell everyone if you haven't seen Victor Wembanyama, oh my God, this. Uh, it's it's a video game. It's not he's not a real person. He's not from planet Earth. This guy's the the pictures of you've seen the picture of him next to Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. and and then the picture of AD and LeBron just looking at him up at him like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so as a long aside, just a lot of fun stuff in this first week of preseason that we um, excited to talk about Clippers. But man, just a lot a lot happening this week. Yeah, it's good, 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 good to see some action back and and things going on. Every day you got you got something new, which is what you what you love about the the NBA season itself. But well, I mean that answers it. The, the Jordan Poole punch. If if the the Warriors are falling apart, then that that's the only team that I think is standing out to the Clippers here. Because honestly, we're not going to extract. We're not going to look at these preseason games and extract too much and and think big picture about them. But pretty good sign to see Kawhi out there. PG out there for them to look confident, for them to look fluid, and you know maybe some nitpicky things on the floor about how the bench unit works. But um, how good did you feel just watching watching them on the floor and just that first shot Kawhi took right right over right over uh, Nurkic uh, that looked pretty good. I mean that that's all you really need when it's preseason. All you're looking for is those guys to be on the floor. And not only were they that, they actually they actually looked comfortable out there. Obviously, only preseason don't take too much from it, but just the fact that they're there is so huge for this Clippers team. That's all. That's all we really want. We just want Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to be out on the floor this year. And if they are with the roster that this that the Clippers have built outside of those two, I don't see how they can't be competing for. Like anything outside the top two would almost be a failure. That's how good this team should be on paper. I think they have the best. I think they have the deepest roster in the league. Yeah, 100%. Like, and it gets really nitpicky when you look at this roster and like, oh, well, do they have a third star? And I guess that's a question we should answer. Is like, do they need that? Do they need that third star? I mean, look at look at the Lakers. They went and tried to find a third star, and look what happened to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty extreme example, but you're, you're not wrong. And I think you know you try to consolidate too much, and then you you lose that. Because I, I think that's going to be a discussion this year, um, and I think it's the wrong discussion to have, honestly. Because I think team basketball is what's defined the LA Clippers. What's defined uh, Ty Lue being one of the best coaches in the league um, is the second year in a row where where GMs has voted him as the best coach and um, making adjustments. And I, I don't know how they rate these metrics. So, so it's interesting to see how coaches are ranked, but he's ranked fourth and fifth in, in two different categories of being like a, a great motivator or something, but just metrics of showing just how good of a coach he is, how well he's 
regarded but that's kind of culture he's created here i don't think you need that and i think that, like to depth is just crazy like you just look at their wings marcus Moore, more senior like as a scorer that that's fine i'm, I'm fine with him there but then you got nick batum who came back seeing how he played as a four and a lot of time spent at the five the way they played small ball they got roco back um how well luke Kennard kind of embraced that three-point shooting role um, Reggie Jackson, if you look at his numbers back when he was alongside Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, his efficiency as a shooter, that's just like the perfect guy next to him. Now they got Norman Powell. If they have him for a healthy year, like, like you can go up and down this roster and not even talk about some of the young guys who, you know, there's going to be Terrence Mann fans out there and uh, a very small cohort of uh, Moses Brown uh, and Amir Coffee. Like they got some young guys too that even could uh, argue for some minutes. Brandon Boston too. Like they're, there's just, a really dynamic deep roster here that I, I think the only confusing part now is figuring out how do these pieces fit and who's actually in that starting lineup. So I'll leave that to you. You, you saw what it was in the, the preseason, but long-term, where do you think this, the best uh, starting lineup is going to be with this team? I mean, looking at it right now and based off what we've seen over the last couple of years, you have to think that Reggie Jackson has earned the right to be the starting point guard, at least going into the season. Yeah. If he's not playing up to scratch, then maybe they bring in John Wall. But it should be Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Kawhi, Morris, and Zubak, I think. I think that'll probably be the starting five to, to begin with anyway. They know it's really only George, Kawhi, and Zubak. They're, they're the ones that are are kind of guaranteed they, they're, they're having to be starting. You could see changes with, with both Jackson and Morris, but the depth that they have outside of their, their starters, it's going to be so easy. You're, you're, not, you're barely going to notice it throughout the season as long as it's not because of injury, just because maybe the odd game uh, guys are being rested and different things like that. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of variety within this team, but I don't think it's going to change too much how they play or how they perform, you're only really going to notice it if you see games where both uh, both PG and, and Kawhi are down. The only kind of hole they've got within the team is really just they don't have a legit like backup center for, for Zubak. If he was to get injured, that would be a problem for them. I think it's okay covering him when he is within the rotation, but if he were to get injured, then they might have just a little bit of a problem. Yeah, I, I'm actually really excited to see Moses Brown get some run. I, I know that they love to run. When they when they run those lineups out there with Batum at the five, you know, Roko at the four, Kawhi out there at the three, like they'll be able to switch absolutely everything. And that's where their defense can just wreak havoc on other teams. You just can't get any mismatches out there. And unless you're playing an Embiid or Jokic or someone who you really are truly worried about in the post, like you can do that in today's NBA. Like probably for 70, 80% of matchups, you know, they don't even have to have Zubats out there. They can just run big wings up and down the roster. Uh, but Moses Brown, you know, in those situations, when you see this guy in the court, you forget he's seven to how much gravity he has as a roller. And I think he does that to a much higher degree than Zubats. So that, that should be something to, to watch uh, throughout the season is you know, Zubats has been such a very solid two way big, but I think Moses Brown has, has some potential. I mean, he's had some crazy high rebound games last season when he's been given some minutes. But I, I do I do think that's that's probably not going to be a huge deal down the stretch, except in some some very rare matchups. Um, we'll talk about the, the the Nuggets later, but obviously that that's the kind of guy that you might need someone a little bit bigger. But then 
maybe you want to go small too. But the, the Clippers have the options to to have tremendous defensive versatility even without him. Um, and just going back to the point guard situation, I, I think that's absolutely going to be probably what it is. Right, Reggie Jackson starting there, John Wall backing him up, um, and it just makes complete sense. You're going to see Kawhi Leonard have the ball in his hands. You can see Paul George have the ball in his hands. You're not going to have great effects to have John Wall out there with them on the floor. And Reggie Jackson has clearly proven how good he is as a shooter. He almost shot 60% true shooting last time, 40 over 40% from three, six, almost 60% true shooting when they had Paul George and Kawhi out there, which dipped below 50 without them. He, was, he did not have his most efficient year, was almost hitting 30% on usage. Just he had the ball too much in his hands, and he's just the perfect kind of shooting point guard out there to put next to them. Um, but I am excited with John Wall. I mean, you know, he he looks healthy, and he looks um, still fast. He can get downhill. Um, and especially when you got some young wings on this team, I think he could have a very important role to keep their, uh, to keep their bench alive and well. Yeah, big time, man. And obviously with the, the passing ability he has, it's going to be great for the for some of the guys that will probably be playing in the same uh, rotation as him with the likes of uh, likes of Powell and, and Kennard and even Batum and, and Covington. They're guys who can who can hit shots. With John, Ball, John Wall feeding them the ball in, in uh, the second rotation, they're going to have a lot of – they're going to get a lot of good looks and, and Wall's going to be in the, almost in his element there. And he's coming into a great situation for him because, I mean – the big thing with this the signing of John Wall for the Clippers is that they're not really expecting anything out of John Wall. They, they, they're not reliant on what he delivers for the team, actually changing whether or not they are a competitor or not. Anything they get out of John Wall is going to just be a bonus, really. So that's, that's, a, that's a good thing for Wall as well, that he's... Obviously, he hasn't played in, what, two, three years. And we don't really know what level he's going to come back at. Is he still at anything close to the level that we saw dominate as a point guard uh, with the Washington Wizards? We don't know. But the fact that they're almost taking this as an experience and just taking whatever they get out of him as a bonus, that's great for the Clippers and and it's great for John Wall. That's a great kind of way for him to get back into playing. Yeah. I think that that's, that's going to be one balance is he, I think he knows his role in this team. It seems like from the way he's talked to the media, the way he's interacted, it feels like, you know, he wants to help this team and he doesn't want to take away what they have going. Um, And I think that's good. I think the only difficult thing is, you know, look at the guys on, on coming off the bench. Like obviously, Luke Kennard is going to be very happy to be a slap shooter. Um, Nick Batum, same thing. Rocco, same thing. But Norman Powell, that's also a guy who's going to, I think, is going to be a huge X factor. And we can get onto that now as like who are going to be the important guys. So I think Norman Powell is going to be a major contributor to this team in the playoffs because of his shot making ability. And that's going to be kind of a tough, tough, uh, you know, dynamic between two of them because. Norman Powell isn't just a spot-up shooter. He's not a guy that's just going to just run around and wait to be handed the ball. He's also an on-ball scorer. He's also a guy that, you know, wanted to have an expanded role. Portland didn't really get enough of it and has kind of mentioned that he's wanted that in the offseason, which was kind of a, a untalked-about subject. So, again, it's just preseason, but you look at their minutes together, 
John Wall is just running pick and roll after pick and roll after pick and roll, which is leading to to good offense for other people. But you know, it's not really leading to that kind of offense that leads to Norman Powell having those sort of advantages. So it, it's going to be that's going to be a big thing for for Tyloo to kind of figure out how to work out that dynamic there because I think the more important person, at least to me, is Norman Powell in the long term. That that's a guy that in the playoffs kind of pushes you over the edge if his scoring's on. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's fair. That's definitely obviously that's why that's why you get the best coaches to be able to kind of figure out that that sort of that element. I think you, like you mentioned, Powell's kind of clearly been angling for a bigger a bigger role, being able to contribute more. And he's got the ability to do it. It's just whether they can find enough time to get him the ball enough to to keep him happy, or will he be kind of one that might be looking looking elsewhere throughout the whole season if he's not if he's not fitting in with the plans like he he expected to. It it might be like that, but if you look at everybody else, like everyone else is kind of they're in their perfect role. And that's really the only thing that that's why that's why I meant like if you're looking at any any previews of this team, there's a lot of nitpicking going on because you can't really look at this and and find any obvious problems with their roster. Like there's there's a million different ways that you could you could rearrange this, and there's so many. This is gonna be a fascinating thing to see throughout the season of how many different iterations are gonna have this team to see what's the best thing for the playoffs because that that might be something that will be a question that we revisit a few months from now, you know, who's going to stick, who's actually going to be important in the playoffs. Cause this team isn't built to just figure something out great for the regular season and make the, the two C this team is built for a championship. That's why they paid. I don't know how many billion dollars for that new stadium. That's how, that's why they sold everything just to get Paul George. That's why they've sold even more to get Norman Powell. That's why this team is here right now. And Maybe, maybe there's there's another trade to be had. Maybe there is a consolidation because you count 10, 11, almost 12 guys on this roster who legitimately should be in the rotation. And that's just not what it's going to be like by the end of the season. Yeah, that's that's going to be the, the, the interesting thing to, to see if that's already in their plans at, the, at this moment. If they're thinking that's going to be something that's that's going to lie ahead for us or it's just going to come to light more and more as the season progresses when certain guys are not getting the minutes that they uh, that they desire but let, let's let's talk about the two the two uh, the two big dogs here on this team Kawhi Leonard I mean obviously this is a guy who's got absolutely nothing left to prove he's done he's done it all in the NBA but when he's on the floor he is one of the best two-way talents in the entire league the clippers need him to play this year he, they need him on the floor. If they're really going to achieve their highest goals, they need him playing at least around the 60-game mark. That's that's what they're, they, they're going to want him. If they're going to be competing for a top-two seed and then you want him still fresh and you know you're not pushing him too hard to come uh, come playoff time. But, I mean, you look at you look at things that over the last few years and, like, he, he's got to play 60 games. He's ne- never done that for for the Clippers. And I know they, they got him to be the, the edge uh, the difference maker in the playoffs, but we, we, we got, we got to see him on the floor in the regular season too. Yeah. That, that'll be a tough thing. Um, he's, he's always been in charge of his own load management and you don't know, 
I, is it better? Is it better that you keep him fresh? Is it better that you, if by the end of the season, he only plays 55 games, but in that first playoff series, he's hundred percent healthy and ready to go. That's something you're going to have to live. With. And I think that for any team, in the league, this team is uniquely situated where they can survive multiple games. You know, they, they went 24 and 27 in 51 games without George or Leonard last year. They won 42 games without him, both of them. So of any team, I think they, they have the opportunity to load manage. So while it doesn't look good and it doesn't, you know, it's, it's the fans are obviously not getting the bang for their buck. You don't pay $80 to go to a game and, and watch Kawhi wear a Gucci suit and, you know, Reggie Jackson jack up 20 shots in a game. That sucks for the fans. But I, I think like of any team that they'll probably load manage the most. They're, they're going to, they're going to be leading the league in load management this year. Yeah. At least, at least the one thing you would say, uh, the season that he joined Toronto, that was after an injury played previous season. He did, he did play 60 games that year, even though it felt like he was, uh, he missed like fucking 40 games the way that the, the load management worked out that year. Worked out pretty good for uh, for for Leonard and, and the Raptors that season. So if they uh, if they can get a get a, a similar sort of mark, if the Clippers can find that that sweet spot, that's uh, you know he's the difference maker. Without him, they are a playoff team, but with him, they are a title challenger. That's I think that's the way you look at it with with Kawhi yeah. and, and with the Clippers. Absolutely, easily. And then the last time that we saw them challenging for title was their lackluster performance against the Nuggets. So I don't think we even mean to uh, segue it like that, but it feels like so long ago since we saw Kawhi and Paul George on the floor against real talent, not just preseason game. And it was against Jamal Murray. Last time we had seen him really do something significant. And it's cool to see them in the same week, all three of those guys on their separate teams do just even a little bit of what they used to do just to see Jamal Murray on the floor how how excited he was um i think that's a matchup i can't wait to see him again in the playoffs if, if the clippers and the nuggets meet again that that's going to be that's going to be a reckoning yeah big time i well we'll get to the nuggets in just a minute just quickly on uh on paul george i mean this is the guy who's coming obviously he came back at the end of last season but he's coming in and almost in a completely different situation to Kawhi leonard but he's coming in as a guy who still has a lot to prove as an individual in the NBA. I mean, in his three years with the Clippers, he's played 48 games, then 54, and then 31 last year. I mean, he hasn't done anything, really. He got one All-NBA first team. He has zero finals appearances, zero MVPs, zero titles, he is obviously this is Kawhi's team when they're both on the floor. It's Kawhi's team, but Paul George is there for the moments when it's not always going to be fallen for Kawhi. That's where Paul George has to step up. He is another a, a great two way talent in this league. And when he came back last year, he looked great. I mean, he was averaging twenty four seven and six with a over over two steals, and I think you could see similar numbers to that again although I think we'll see a boost in his efficiency because his efficiency wasn't uh, wasn't overly impressive. But 
it's a bigger year for Paul George, I think, than it is for Kawhi Leonard because I think he's a he's the the side of the coin that still has that bit to prove to himself, to Clippers fans, and to the entire NBA. That that's always the thing that that's hung over his head, right? Is the proving something, not having the accolades, not making it to the finals. Um, you can hang that over a lot of stars who played most of their career in the Eastern Conference during prime LeBron years. That's that's going to be something that's held that's held over him. That's held over Demar Derozan, um, and the list goes on and on. Held over Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, even though it's a little different situation, but. It's that's that's always gonna be a tough thing. And I think the more recent, the more recent playoff struggles that he's had is definitely a bigger issue. And he'll he'll have to prove it next spring when it's the playoffs. That that's when that's gonna matter. Because he could he could have a 26 point per game season on great efficiency and be one of the best shooters in the league. Like he can be. And he will I I think he will be. He will be a a top 10 shooter this year. He's, when he's healthy, he's always one of the best shooters in the league. And one of the best defenders in the league. Hands down one of the best players in the league. Like he's always that good in the regular season when he's healthy. But it's all it's just the playoffs. And I think that's where he's gonna have to prove it. It doesn't matter what he does in the regular season, and we'll revisit it in the playoffs. And that that's what will change everything, I think. This the legacy is so tough for a lot of these players because you know, I, I don't think that Paul George is on the same level as LeBron. He's not on the same level as Steph Curry is on the same level as the type of superstar that can bring it every single time in the playoffs that you don't doubt their kind of performance. And now someone's going to pop in and talk about all those random times where maybe Steph Curry had a bad game here or there. But for, for the length of a series, you can always count on your best stars to deliver. And that's just something that we haven't seen from him. So accolades aside, you know, when it comes springtime, I want to see him perform in that way, just consistently and not shy away from the moment. Um, it's guys, it's guys like him and and Harden that at times that I've that I've felt the opposite of vindicated for when I've wanted them to step into the moment that hasn't happened. Uh, yeah, that's it's even worse that the fact that like in the moment now is that he's actually doing it as a as the two guy, and for Harden as well. We're not going to get into seventy six or anything, but he's doing it as a two guy at the moment now. But in the past, it's kind of been where it's all been on them, and they haven't quite for the most part, haven't quite been able to step up and do it. Now it's really the, the main pressure is going to be on Kawhi as long as he's on the floor too. So you really think if it's there at all, this is the perfect situation for it to actually finally come out and and, and sh- come out and show your playoff, your playoff greatness, Paul George. I say. The Clippers fans need to see it. Um, but start of the season, the, the Clippers have a pretty handy run. The only the only issue is you think they're probably gonna they could end up being slow starters con- considering uh with Kawhi might be on uh, minutes restrictions to start off the season possibly and they'll probably be resting up for for a few of the games but they play the Kings they play the Thunder twice the Rockets twice Utah the Spurs and then they have uh, some tougher games against the Lakers Suns and Pelicans but that's their first ten games they have a they if they want to, they could get off to a really strong start uh, to this season. So, what are you thinking? That this team is healthy, are they going to the NBA Finals? Yeah, I, that, yes, yes. Well, probably, 
you know, I, I hate the, I hate those binary questions. <laughs> it's, it's tough to say right now because we've literally seen all of 16 minutes of Kawhi. Um, but yeah, if this team is healthy, if we're assuming health for every single team in the league, this, it's hard to come up with an easier answer. And that's why I said at the beginning, like who is, who is the team to beat? Is it the Suns? I, I'd pick the, right now I'd pick uh, them over the Suns. Mavs, I'd, I'd still pick them over the, the Mavs. I'd pick them over the Lakers, obviously. I'd pick them over the Grizzlies. Um, that's question mark. Pick them over the Warriors. Unless one of their young guys like makes a, a big leap, I don't think that the Warriors could deal with their size. I, I don't know of another team. Nuggets, we'll, we'll get into the Nuggets in just a little bit. Um, maybe the Pelicans surprise and they do something insane. They just really surprise everybody. But who's, who is the team? Name. Uh, I mean, there, there, is, there is no dead set team. All, all teams healthy, you have to say it, it, it would be crazy if the Clippers were not the team. Like you're saying, it, it just seems like on paper, Everyone healthy, the Clippers have got the best roster. Their two stars are two of the best two-way players in this entire league. They had already the eighth best defense in the NBA last year, basically without Kawhi and Paul George for the entire season. You're adding Kawhi and Paul George back into that, which will improve that while also giving a huge boost to your offense as well. So they could be easily be a top five team in a, in both categories, is it easier question to say, will they be the number one seed? Would that be an easier question for you? Yeah, I'd say absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Because again, you never know. What, maybe maybe we get playoff P again in the playoffs and then this conversation looks dumb. But but yeah, I, and you, you mentioned the eighth in defensive rating. I, I'll, I'll mention this. They're 25th in offensive rating and they're third last in isolation scoring. Those obviously are going to be a lot better once you get PG and you get Kawhi on the floor. And again, they won 42 games without them. This is easily going to be a, a, a one seed if they're playing the amount of games that you think they're going to play. So the load management definitely comes into play there, but you just go just, this is an easy exercise. Any, anyone like who's going to doubt this, like go up and down. Like, obviously if you're a fan of that team and it's close, you're going to want to not pick the Clippers here. But Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors, Mavs, Jazz, <laughs> Nuggets, Timberwolves, Pels, Spurs, Kings, Blazers, who? Nobody. No, none of these teams have the roster that the Clippers have right now. And the and this isn't a hypothetical like it was in the beginning of the summer. These guys are healthy. This team is here together. And they have only more growth to explore with some of the new faces here and even a little bit of youth on their team. So time with time... And with this coaching, there isn't some brand new coach here. This coach has been here for a while now. And all these guys know each other. There's continuity as well. That's something we haven't even talked about. But maybe we end, end it with that. But the continuity for the Clippers is probably the biggest factor why they should be the best team in the West. Because they have the star power, talent, all that. But they all know each other. They all know how to play with each other. The only new things that you're really introducing is, is Powell and Wall. Powell's been there for... Uh, summer I think I think the way that wall we've already discussed is going to play seamlessly with their off-ball shooters this team is geared up for being the best team in the west and making it to the finals everyone should embrace that 
They have it. They have it, folks. Embrace it. The continuity. I think that was a great point. Uh, definitely the point to finish on. The continuity is definitely a huge element for this team, and it's something I think we're going to see really help them and push them on to to really explode for arguably the the, the first time uh, this season. And that they're going to really going. They're they're going to be the 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 one to, that everyone's going to be chasing. But moving over to the Denver Nuggets, another team that. Weren't so healthy last year, but of course they had the MVP, Nikola Jokic, ended up with the six seed, 48 wins. They they were easily beaten in the first round by the Golden State Warriors in five games, but they're getting back Jamal Murray. They're getting back Michael Porter Jr. And then again, you ask the question, if this team is fully healthy for the year, can they rival the Clippers as the best team in the West? I think I still think I put them a tier below. Don't you? I, I mean, I'm putting I'm putting them alongside the the T Wolves. I'm putting them alongside the Pels, alongside the Mavs. Like the, the, it's it's pretty it's pretty open. And I think the 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 question is like for these types of teams is are they going to take over the Suns? Like there just seems to be. It sucks with the Suns. It's like every single year since they since they made it to the championship. Now it's like, what are they going to fall off? What are they going to fall off? It's just like everyone waiting for them to fall off. But it it just seems like an issue of depth when we just talk about the the Nuggets in particular that sets the Clippers apart from them. Sets the Clippers and sets the the Warriors apart from these other teams. Is that you get your health back, you get your stars back, but I still think there's some question marks about this roster. Um, maybe that's what we get into here. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you can be fairly confident in their starting five, all being healthy, which you got Murray, Contavious Caldwell, Pope, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic. But then the the bench are kind of looking at it. Obviously, Bones, Bones Highland had a great first year. If he can continue to develop, he's a great rotation piece to have. The addition of Bruce Brown was a huge, huge pickup. We saw how good how good he was for the Nets last year. Green is a solid piece to have, but then you're kind of like DeAndre Jordan. Is he really a guy we want to be in our rotation come playoff time? And a few other younger guys where you're still, the question mark is still there. So you can kind of almost be confident in like seven or eight of their guys. But after that, you're kind of, it's the question marks start to rise then. Yeah. The, even the, and even Bones, Bones is like a, that's like a fun hypothetical still for me. That's like a hey maybe this guy will get better this year and that's a individual development thing because when we're talking about the Clippers it's like them putting together this team that can compete for a championship if Bones Highland gets there that's that's pretty unbelievable development for a sophomore player for a second year player um, and and that's that's what's concerning for me when you, when you're comparing at the very top. When we're just talking about the team individually, I think he's a great talent. He's going to continue to develop, but Bones is going to have to do a lot to get there. And again, we're not taking anything for preseason, but from from what from what we have from the summer, there isn't some like wealth of evidence that Bones has made some insane leap into a real contributor. So I think the question really lies on Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Um, the health is an obvious question. You know, that that's something that applies to any team and any player just coming off of an injury. But it's, you know, it's particularly salient for these two guys. You know, Michael Porter Jr., who got passed on by half the league until he got drafted, supposed to be the number one player. 
And that finally resurfaced when he had to get a back surgery. And clearly he just wasn't healthy the first part of last year. Just, it was obvious. Um, so it's good to see him at least be making those tough shots. I mean, 12 points in a preseason game and very limited minutes. I mean, it doesn't look like a lot, but if you look at the shots he was taking, it's just typical uh, Michael Porter Jr. Just like a little bit out of the flow of the game, just shooting over whoever's in front of him, taking a tough step back and looking like Kevin Durant. You love to see that. So if he can bring that all season, you know, obviously that changes things. If, if he can take his game to another level, because he's a guy who I think has a potential to be a game changer. I'm not really looking at their bench, honestly, at this point, because I don't see anyone who's going to be a actual like needle mover come playoff time. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, say that's fair. I think obviously MPJ is a big one. I mean, you forget, I mean, the last season that he played, which is the, the 2020-21 season, Played 61 games, the average 19 points, seven, seven boards, 63% on that on his twos, 45% on his threes. Just insane. This, this this guy is is a legit shooter. He's a he's a legit scorer. He can be such a difference maker for this team. Obviously, it's always just it just comes down to health. I mean, he's been in the league for four seasons. He's played two of them and he's missed two of them completely almost. I mean, like that's that's just a big thing. Is this going to be a trend that we're always going to see, or, or or at least you have to hope for Nuggets fans and the Nuggets franchise as a whole that at least that he can stay healthy for this season because they need both him and Murray. Obviously, Murray's coming off a big injury as well, but MPJ has been plagued by injuries throughout his whole career. It's why he fell so much in the draft. Have they have they finally found a way to to treat it and make sure that it doesn't keep coming back like it has? That we won't know until until we see it. We could be back here coming uh, coming around January February time and thinking, okay, so MPJ has missed uh, forty games already already or something like that. Hopefully we aren't, but you just you just don't know until you know with this guy. And it, is he gonna? Do you expect him to take a step forward, like with health? Like how much better can we expect him to get? That that's that's where that's where I'm at. Like if he has a full season of getting into the groove, how much better can he get? And the same question for Jamal Murray. Because I felt I really felt like after we saw him in the bubble, that that was him like unlocking that player that he was meant to be. Like that that didn't feel fluky. That didn't feel like just you know that that kind of series where any player can just dig deep and like run into luck like that is the kind of guy that I expected him to be, you know, can, can we see growth from both of those guys like that? Can you, can we expect that reasonably with help? Yeah. That's just, that's a big thing. It's kind of how long does it first take them to get back to the level that they were at before the injury and then how much longer then we have to give them to be able to get back to a, a position where they can really take their game forward from there. It's just, that's just a question that's on their own timelines, how how hard they're able to work. Obviously, the, the main thing is getting them back into the into the flow of things. Not hopefully that only takes uh, maybe around the turn of the year, even the early December, maybe uh, just uh, just past Christmas. Maybe you hope that around that time, if they're healthy throughout the whole whole period, they're kind of right back in the flow then and they're uh, they're within the flow of the games, they're back in use, their bodies are, are, are ready to go. And then you can look at them 
improving on their game. I mean, with MTB, MPJ, you're kind of just looking and thinking, if he can be uh, like a 20 and 8 guy who's shooting 40 plus percent from three and he can improve that little bit on the defensive end as well, that is an unbelievable third third star to have on your team. And he could even then challenge uh, Jamal Murray possibly as as the second star on, on the team. And then with Murray, you're thinking, obviously the bubble was just everything for, for him. I mean, that was really his moment. He had those two 50-point games, two 40-point games. He averaged over 26.5 points per game. And then as a shooter, he's always been very good. I mean, he's a career 37% three-point shooter. His last season before uh, before he got injured, he was shooting 41% from three. If he can come in this year and he's somewhere around like 20 points, four boards, five assists and shooting 40% from three, that just that takes things to a whole other level for this for this Denver team. And you think of the quality of shooting that they could have with Murray, MPJ, KCP, even Gordon can hit the odd one from the corner. Obviously, you know what Jokic can do. Highland's a great, a great three-point shooter. They could really be a lights-out shooting team. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's big potential for this team too. The the shooting around Jokic improves dramatically when you have MPJ out there. Um, and I, I expect Highland to take a, a jump. Bruce Brown has even shown that he's uh, gotten better as a three-point shooter. So, I mean, the spacing that they're going to have now, I think things are going to look a lot, a lot smoother. Um, things are going to look a lot smoother than they have without those two guys out there. Um, and particularly with, with MPJ, like, I think you, I want to see him on with second units too. Like if he can be a primary option, you know, he's, he's shown that he can take difficult shots, you know, catch and shoot, having other people set him up. Um, but I would love to see some development with him having the ball in his hands and, you know, taking some pressure off of Jokic, take some pressure off of Jamal Murray um, and not kind of hope for this hypothetical Bones Highland, you know, dynamic on-ball score, consistent on-ball score. I, I think it, it's time to kind of experiment with MPJ if he's healthy to see what he can do with the ball in his hands more often. Um, he's a guy that you just paid an extension to. He, he's not someone that should be, you know, you don't want to throw him in the fire just right after getting injured and coming off of that. But it would be nice to see him take a little bit more responsibility offensively in terms of creation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's something that's uh... – has to be on the uh, on the minds of the of the Denver coaching staff. I think they know what a talent MPJ can be, and it's not just it, it. It can't just be a question of just letting him get to like the level where he's comfortable. They have to try and push him that little bit extra to get that little bit more out of him, and can't just rely on it always. The ball always to be in in Jokic or Murray's hands. If they can find a way where MPJ can be a guy where you can consistently rely on him having the ball in his hands that makes such a big difference in all in all crucial moments for this team i have a fun stat here and this is small sample size only 110 minutes but when you had a lineup of murray barton gordon mpj and Jokic, their net rating was 18.5 that's I mean, if, if you're looking at championship teams, I, I referenced a lot. Championship teams typically have a net rating around 13. Obviously, that goes down a bit. But I'd say that probably goes down to normalize around 13, 13, 14. They had 66 true shooting. 
They had a 22 assist ratio. That would be best in the league. And they had a defensive rating of 108.7. That would be top 10. And now you replace Barton with KCP, who's a much more potent defender, much more reliable three-point shooter. I think in terms of uh, overall what, what this team looks like, the offense is so obvious. Like, you just hand the ball to Jogic, and all these guys are great players. Things will work out. Like, we, it would be awesome to start talking about, like, you know, all the different sets they can run and, like, the different lineups and everything. But it just comes out, you, you have Jogic on your team. He's going to get someone involved. He's going to make Bruce Brown look like a, a wide receiver out there. He's just going to make everyone look so much better. But in terms of defense, I think this is actually a really good, like, starting lineup defensively. Like Jamal Murray's no elite defender, but he is a guy who's going to fight over his screens. He is a guy that is physical. Um, he's not going to give up on plays. KCP is still a great on-ball defender. Michael Porter Jr. has definitely gotten better as being a weak side, being weak side help. Like he's not a great on-ball defender. You know, he's not the smartest fan in the world, but he uses his length well, and he's a great rebounder. Aaron Gordon is a such an I think he's one of the most underrated defenders in the league. To be honest, like he the he can legitimately guard two through two through four, two through five, depending on the team. He can guard four positions on this small ball league. And the amount that he does to correct for mistakes, especially last year, is tremendous. And then you look at Jokic. Jokic is a good defender as well. Like he's not putting up block numbers, but in terms of um, what he does now to deter shots at the rim compared to three or four years ago, like this is legitimately good, you know, maybe not top 10 defense. But this is a championship level like defense now. They're more than capable to be elite offensively and get stops on the other end. Like I don't think I'm going to have a long term concern about this team giving up too many buckets. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I I definitely definitely agree with you there. I mean, I wanna I wanna find some way to just play down the the Nuggets outside of just just mentioning the. The health, but I mean, you're looking at it on paper, and this is like the this is the year. Jokic obviously is a back to back MVP winner. They had that 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 run in the bubble, but now this is the year, normal situation where they really make that splash in the playoffs. And if this team is healthy, with Jokic as the lead guy and and the other talented guys playing off him, they have got to be right up there. It, a first round exit is not on the cards for the Denver Nuggets this year. That'd be a a big time failure for this team. They've got to really step up in the postseason this season. And Jokic has to be has to be the lead guy in that. So let's do this exercise then. Who are they? I think the Clippers was easy. But what about those teams you mentioned? Are they better than Pelicans? Yes. Okay. The Mavs. Yes. Grizzlies. Yes. This is where it gets tough. The Suns? Yes, because I think we're going to see more of a decline from uh, Chris Paul throughout the regular season. Uh, we I saw don't know, he's still a vegan. We saw it last year. It started slowly. I think we're going to see a bigger, bigger example of it this year. Okay, that, that's fair. I mean, he's, he's getting older. Eventually, it's going to happen. Now, this is the toughest one. The T-Wolves. You just got finished hyping them up the other the other week. I know, I know. I'd say that's a tight one. The fact that the Wolves are healthy 
and the the nuggets are are what we say hopefully 100% healthy I might just give it to the to the T-Wolves there but that could change after only a couple of months yeah that's that's really interesting when we see this out at the end obviously it's going to come down to injuries but I'd say you definitely have to put the nuggets in the top four nuggets yeah. gonna to be top four next year with with, with health here yeah. um and as honestly as we as we've looked at the Clippers, that feels like the golden standard to compare all these teams to, because um, no one just has that, that that depth, and that does make me worry a little bit for for the Nuggets how they're going to you know figure out that point guard situation. Uh, we talked about that for the the Clippers, but we love that we love that uh, first unit, and we know that Jokic makes everyone better. Like we 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 saw him drag this team into the playoffs last year with nobody. So how much do we actually care about them not having a true like second point guard? Maybe we don't at all. Maybe that doesn't even matter. You just put Bruce Brown out there and Bones Highland, have everyone run around while Jokic just runs circles around everybody and gets everyone easy laps. Maybe that's just exactly how this is going to go. This is probably how it's going to go. So these, these, these basketball conversations probably don't make as much sense when you have Jokic on the team, but just in terms of depth, I, I think that is something that still needs to, to, come to fruition if bones is your guy then i'm a little less worried if zeke naji is is good enough to to back up Jokic so that we don't watch deandre jordan like sitting on his hands on defense that would be great but i mean these are little things for for a team like the nuggets who i, who I definitely think are going to be a uh, top four yeah yeah for sure and i think the bones highland he could have he could have not even a major rise but another if he takes is he if he's going to take and the next step from what he did in his rookie year, that's a big that's a big change for this team. Would you think he averaged 10, 3, and 3 in only 19 minutes, shooting 37% from three? And he scored above his average in 11 of the last 16 games of the season. So if he takes that a little bit push in the three-point shooting, a little bit better in shooting off the dribble, he can get to the rim a bit more and maybe add just a small bit in terms of playmaking that makes a huge difference. If he's averaging somewhere in the 12 to 15 point mark, shooting around 38, 39% from three and possibly somewhere around the four mark in terms of assists, that's not anything major. That's not like a Tyrese maxi jump, but it still makes a big difference. And it still means you have a legit scoring guard to, to back up your team off the bench. You know, you know, another guy who, who I think it would be interesting, you know, we, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always wary of guys like Bones because the second year hits hard on guys like that, it hit hard on quickly. It didn't hit hard on, on, uh, on Maxi, which is, you know, why we saw the jump that we did hit hard on hero. Mm-hmm. It's hard on, on these, on these kind of guards who rely a lot on, you know, their, their ability to create off the dribble. And, you know, he's, he's not showing up on scouting reports last year. He's going to show up this year. Um, Christian Braun, he's a rookie, but he's a big guard, 6'6", gets to the rim, strong guy. He, he and I think Bruce Brown, I think that's going to be my – those would be my bench X factors. You throw Jokic out there, you're going to be getting a lot of cuts from, from Braun. Braun and Brown are going to be, like I said, gonna be like tight ends, getting right to the rim. <laughs> But anyone else on, on the scene that's a little interesting? Who else can pop up? Uh, DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see him play defense. That's that's my thing. And I know it's 
preseason. I know it doesn't matter, but it's the exact same thing we saw in Philly. It's what we saw in Brooklyn. Like, you know he can still jump because he does it on dunks. He does it when he's on offense, but he just doesn't play defense anymore. And it just blows my mind for a guy who in L.A., in his prime was like, that was his thing. He was supposed to be like, you know, the, the next, the next Dwight Howard for a decade, just blocking everything at the rim and actually playing like help defense. Like, just, I don't know. It's frustrating to watch a seven foot guy, not want to do anything around the, around the rim on defense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they, they need him to, to do that. They have to, like, I mean, there's, he's obviously showing something that, uh, I mean, teams are still, are still wanting to get him in teams that not just any teams, teams that are wanting to compete. So, I mean, if he still has passion for the game, step up and show it. Like I'm not saying he has to be the same guy he was in his prime years, but he's got to be able to show a little bit more than he is now. Yeah. Zeke Naji, maybe get a little bit of Zeke. He's kind of more of a four, not really a five, but he can shoot. And he probably cares a little bit more than DJ at this point. But the answer to that, I mean, he's, he's, Jordan's seven feet tall. He's big. He sets screens, plays offense. He knows NBA terminology. You can set, put him on any team and he'll be fine. He'll be great. It's just an easy signing. No one will complain about it except for us. But, <laughs> and Nuggets fan. Like if, if you're an actual Nuggets fan, you're probably complaining about it. But it, it is what it is. Or just another year of, of Jordan doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah, what about the start of the season? They have a fairly, uh, they have a pretty nice run. They could, they could get off to a, to a bright start. I mean, they play the Jazz twice, the Spurs twice, the Thunder twice, the Pacers, the Knicks. A couple of games against the Lakers. If they're starting... the Knicks, why are you putting the Knicks in there? Because <laughs> because uh, <laughs> they weren't in the playoffs last year. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> they got a couple of games against the Lakers too. It's depending on how the Lakers. Uh, want to start the season, they, those could be uh, easier games than maybe they would appear appear on paper. So, I mean, that could be a, a stepping stone for the Nuggets to to really get off and be putting their name in the hat for, uh, for, the, for the number one seed in the Western Conference. Because I think if they're healthy, they're going to have to deal with less game game management and load management compared to the likes of the Clippers and maybe even the Warriors as well. So if they're healthy, they're gonna have the they I think they could be in the best position to actually go and achieve an, a one seed season. Yeah. I they, they they do have the potential. And I I'm excited to to see see them have a chance. This this is this is another tough year. Um for it seems like all and just a just a backtrack to to the ease of schedule. How is it that all the teams that we're predicting to be in the top four have like the easiest strengths of schedule? <laughs> like it, yeah, that, that makes no sense to me. That makes no sense to me. Um, you, just, you just named off like 10 wins right there, but it's going to be an easy time for MPJ to, to, to get things working out in his favor, get Murray comfortable, get those guys comfortable. And that's, that's going to be nice for them. It's going to be nice for, for, for Kawhi and PG to get started too. Both these teams have easy schedules, but I think I, I really got to stray away from that one from that claiming that Nuggets can make the one seed. I I think I got to stray away from it because I know the Clippers should be there, and you know if if I'm going to say this from a Nuggets perspective, like they're going to be hungry and in a fun way. Like this team is not 
like look at the joy that you saw Murray play, but that was so fun to watch. And like, just to see him be so happy to be back on the floor. Same with, same with uh, Porter Jr. And for Jokic to have guys out there to take the load off of him a bit, like there's going to be renewed energy. And, and that's, you talk about the continuity from, for the Clippers. I mean, there's absolute continuity here for the Nuggets as well. There's a couple of new faces, but they both fit seamlessly what um, previous players have brought and then some. But then you look at the core, like these guys know how to play together. These guys know what their goals are and know who they are on this team. You know, MPJ just got his extension. There's there's no question of like, oh, I got to play for a contract extension or anything. So, you know, if, if you're if you're a Nuggets believer, I mean, this is absolutely a team to believe in because they're going to be hungry. This is a team that could be the number one seed, but it's going to be competitive up at the top of the West. It'd be super competitive because you're, you're going to have the Suns there. You know, I, I don't know if Chris Paul is going to fall off, but if that happens, obviously your prediction is going to come true. You have the T-Wolves there. You're, you're going to have the, you know, teams like the Pelicans and Grizzlies are still going to be competitive, but outside of the Clippers, it's going to be a really, really tough challenge to, to get to the two seed and stay in the top four. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But you hear that Nuggets fans, you could, you definitely have reason to believe. But um, I think that's gonna do it for today's episode. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. I am Ronan Game. My thanks to Christian Nambu for joining me, and thank you all very much for listening. We have two more, two more episodes to go. We're gonna have the Suns and the Mavericks and the Warriors and the Grizzlies. That's still to come ahead of the new season we'll hopefully get those to you next week but if you like what you are hearing please subscribe and follow on all your favorite social channels from twitter to tiktok we are everywhere at coast to coast nba and remember take every shot and love every moment